Welcome back. It's me, Rick Hogan. The show is After Hours, and I'm glad to be back on the air after, what do you think it is, kids? It's been at least a month, wouldn't it? I'm talking to Brett Jackson and Jack Heinrich and Krista Flores, the After Hours team, the A-team of this whole thing. It's been, it's been a while, but I'm glad to be back. This Wednesday at the Columbia College Film Row Cinema at 11th and South Wabash on the 8th floor is going to be the theatrical screening of a movie called Lincoln is Crying. The Grifters, Grafters, and Governors of Illinois. It's narrated by David Pesquese. It is produced by and written by a, a longtime Chicago television character. That's what I'm going to call you, John Davies, a character. Uh, it is to benefit uh, Media Burn, which is uh, run by my great friend Tom Weinberg, who's in studio. John's still in California. John, are you serious? There's corruption in Illinois. This is this is I, what, well, I I what a, revol- what a revelation this is going to be. <laughs> by the way, newsflash, guys, and that was one of the big criticisms that the film would not be a shock to anyone in Illinois, and that was true. But boy, does this play great out of state. <laughs> Now, when you do play this show, when it's been screened out of state, John, what do do people make of it? People are shocked. Are they? They cannot believe it. Uh, You know, especially we used a lot of Dick Simpson's figures. uh, Dick Simpson, a former politician himself and a professor now, he's really kept the stats on the corruption, showing that Illinois is the most corrupt state in terms of federal prosecutions and Chicago, the most corrupt city. And he keeps a very accurate uh, accounting of that. And so when people from other states get to that part of the film, they are stunned. <laughs> if you told them Florida or New Jersey or Alabama. Or Louisiana. Be, oh, yeah. 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 But when it comes to Chicago, no. And I've actually shown the film in Europe. I showed it in, not Europe, I showed it in the U.K. I showed it in Cardiff, Wales, to a lot of their city council members. And they just couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it was allowed. <laughs> what is John? What is the scene? Before we bring Tom into this, can you guys go way back uh, in television? Uh, this crazy television business. What's the seed of this? When? When did you and your producing partners, Brian Kayleys and Dave Truitt, when did you decide to make this film? And what was the impetus? And what was the seed of it? I mean, I know, obviously, you know, certainly I know about corruption in Illinois. But was there a catalyst? for for the making of this film? It came together over time in that, you know, for 30 years I lived in Los Angeles, and whenever I would land at O'Hare or Midway, the first thing I would do is pick up the Sun-Times or the Tribune back in the old days when those newspapers were readily yes, available. Uh... And I'd, I'd sit in the cab, and I would read the same way I would read the showbiz stories in L.A. about which actors got drunk the night before, <laughs> who had been caught molesting an intern. I would get back to Chicago and read about who had their hand in the cookie jar, which senator was being indicted, which mayor was going to prison. And I looked at it like a showbiz story. And I really one day came into town and read a really, I don't remember which column it was, but it was a column by Mike Sneed, who I always felt covered politics like showbiz. And I read this article, and I said, you know, if I take that point of view, that this is one big political show, I could do this. I'm not a frontline-type producer. I'm a showbiz guy. But I thought, I could do this. And so I started talking to Brian about it, and 
Then I had a meeting with Bruce Dumont, an old friend of mine from WTTW days. And then I had a meeting with Kelly Leonard because I realized the Second City has always taken a really brutal look at Chicago sure. politics. And I, I wanted to hear like his point of view. And that's what really gave me the confidence to do this because Kelly sort of said, you know, John, why do you have to do it straight? You know, right. like, and he encouraged right. me to take a look at it. He encouraged me to take a look at a tape they had done about Rod Blagojevich, a show that they had running for many, many months. Yeah, that was that was great. And so I, I said to Brian, we can do this. We're not serious investigative journalists, but if we do this with a sense of humor and that's when we hit on the idea of casting David Pasquese, one of Chicago's top voiceover talents. No question. As the as the fictional great-great-great-grandson of Abe Lincoln. And David was so convincing in that role, even though we say at the top of the film, he says, he says, well, I know my DNA is not a match. I just know I'm the great-great-great-grandson of Abe Lincoln. At the end of the screening, people would stand around and go, we want to meet, we want to meet him. Where's the Lincoln kid? Where's the Lincoln kid? Uh, we got to take a little break. We're going to spend a lot of time with uh, John Davies in California, and Tom Weinberg will get to say his uh, piece here. I want to talk to both of you. Uh, I certainly want to promote the Wednesday event. The best way to get information about it is to go to mediaburn.com. Org, because that will uh, tell you about Media Burn, too. So please stay tuned. We'll be back with these two television giants in three or four minutes. They have everything you need to know and some things to just make you smile. It's just one of the best news stories ever. WGN-TV Morning News, weekdays from 4 to 6. John Davies, uh, producer, writer, director, all sorts of things, is on the phone in Los Angeles and sitting next to me in the studio here is Tom Weinberg, a, a legendary longtime producer in Chicago of such things as uh, Image Union and the 90s. You two fellows met at WTTW. Is that right, Tom? Absolutely. I, John may be better on the history, but we, we were young young boys at the time. What, what is it that drew... I'm dead serious about this. You've been in the business, both of you, your, your whole lives. What is it that drew you, Tom, to television? I didn't have any choice. You know, I grew up with it. I was the first... We had the first TV in the block, 1947. Yeah. And I never left. It was the only thing that mattered. Wow. Wow. What am I... That's sort of, that's sort of like you, John, is it not? You grew up in Wheaton, right? Mostly in Wheaton. Yeah. yeah. I also lived at one point in New Jersey and Michigan, but formative years, Wheaton for sure. Yeah. And was it was it a similar kind of thing? You just fell in love and were grabbed by television and the the power of TV as a young person? Television and radio. Uh-huh. My, my folks, because they were from the United Kingdom, had a, an enormous radio that would get uh, BBC broadcasts, and they would listen to that. And so eventually that radio became mine, and I tried to figure out how the voice came out of it, and then I wanted to get in the back of it. And then I, then I migrated to television as television became hotter. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, broadcasting in general drew me. But I also you know, liked showbiz a lot, too, and I think uh, – one day, I managed to go downtown with a friend of mine, and I ended up getting on the Jerry Lewis telethon, which in those days was was coming from Marina City 
uh, in Chicago anyway. It was hosted by Jerry G. Bishop. Oh, my God. Wow, the, sure. Sure. He was the original Sven Gulli. And I went down there with a friend because we had seen that there were people on phones behind him. And I said, hey, maybe we could go down there and answer phones. So we jumped on the Northwestern train, and we got onto that set to answer phones. And that was the day that it hooked me. Wow. Because I was sitting next to Fahey Flynn and George Meharrick from Route 66 fame. And I was blown away by the whole scene. And Playboy Bunnies would come by and pick up our pledge card. And that would have done it for me, yeah. That would have done it for me. It didn't do much for George Meharrick, which I found out. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. uh, The thing about that... Anyway, so that was it for me. That day was it for me. The thing I, I, I get about that, John, is that it was live... TV, right, and the stuff was happening right there with all these people, and God knows who's out there. But you know from being who you are that it's it's out there to lots of people, and there's 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 a juice, there's a there's a force that comes from being involved in that, particularly when it's live, an immediacy to it. And you you John, you then you you after a bit of college, you you wound up at. Uh, at WTTW, which is where you met Tom, you wound up on the you know as a youngster on their documentary team, right? I I did, and but I was also struggling to try and be an independent filmmaker. And Tom was the only person in town who offered a platform for wow. independent filmmakers in his show Image Union, uh. and that was the show that all of us who were you know I was just a crew guy on the documentary crew. I wasn't a producer or anything, and. Tom offered a platform for all of us independents out there to have somewhere for our films to be seen. And, you know, we all knew it's better to be seen on TV than in a theater that holds 150 people. Right. You can be seen by 10,000 people. <laughs> no, right. No, that's a great point. I mean, work Tom helped empower you then, yes? Yeah, he, he did. And the other thing Tom did is, you know, he would tell me, uh, he would pass me in the hallway, and he was apparently given a certain number of shoot days and even some editing days that Image Union was given by the station. He would say, hey, John, I'm not using my Thursday shoot day. And he would give me a shoot day. And I was a crew guy, but somehow I was able to use it. And I started making my own stuff. And then it would air on Image Union. Wow. And so Tom was very, very supportive to me. He probably doesn't even remember that. And he, he had such a laissez fair attitude about it. He, you know, about everything, yeah. I know. yeah. Yeah, about everything. Well, that's when he got about the name everything. Egg Boy. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> John. Yeah, I had, a, I had a nickname back in the day, Egg Boy. And when, <laughs> and when I formed a production company, it became Egg Boy Productions. So Tom never called me John. He always called me Egg Boy. But so after being empowered by, by Tom Weinberg, that's when you, because you were really all along, John, drawn to the entertainment business, too. I mean, you need needed, in essence, needed to go to L.A., did you not? I did. Yeah. And I was told that by people at TTW who said, you can't do what you want to do from here, John. Huh. You're going to have to take a take a risk and go out there. And I was terrified. I mean, yeah. L.A. is a frightening place to show up in. And sure my is. wife and I, we literally packed up the U-Haul truck, towed our rusty Honda behind us, and drove to L.A. like so many thousands of people have done before us. 
but you made a success. I mean, you have... We, well, we, we did, and we, we went out there when we were a little older. We knew some people, you know, and, and Teresa already had a little job in mind, and I had met Bob Zamuda, another legendary Chicago character. You bet. And Bob no and I had become friends, and I had, produced, I had produced a show in Chicago right before I left. He hired me to produce a comedy salute to Michael Jordan with him for, for uh, NBC. It's a primetime special honoring Michael the first year he won the first championship. Wow. And, and it was actually that special. You know, Bob said to me, now listen, John, you're going to spend some time with this guy. Don't bug him with a lot of needless questions. Just, you know, be cool. <laughs> so I'm standing backstage with Jordan, and he's watching Billy Crystal do the warm-up. And Jordan is soaked. His sweat is just soaked with sweat already, his suit. And Bob comes back there, and he calls the wardrobe guy over, and Bob had wisely ordered two suits. <laughs> so Jordan got into the second suit. Now, I'm still standing there with Jordan, and he says, you know, you can talk to me if you want. And I was like, uh, he goes, don't you have a question for me? And I said, what's your secret? Because I'm an idiot. I can't think. What's your secret? And he said something to me that triggered me and my wife moving to L.A. He said, I've taken on everything I'm afraid of. Wow. Wow. I've taken on everything I'm afraid of. And I realized the only thing keeping my wife and I in Chicago at that time yeah. was we were afraid of L.A. That's amazing. So the two the two great influences in your life are Tom Weinberg and Michael Jordan, John. I love that. I just just well, Bob Zamuda. Bob Zamuda too. Here's another another Chicago guy. Yeah. Northwest side of Chicago. Crazy Bob Zamuda who wrote for Tom Weinberg. Believe me, I didn't know how insane Bob Zamuda was until I got to LA. <laughs> well, you did I mean you did some comic relief work with Bob and he yeah, I've met Bob a couple of times. He's really a a fascinating, interesting guy. You know, I want to talk for a second about, you've had a relationship with, with Quentin Tarantino, have you not? Well, I wouldn't call it a relationship with him, but I'll just tell you that story very briefly. Sure. Um, I, I was putting together a show about a decade ago. I wanted to, I wanted to come up with a contemporary version of sneak previews. About huh. how could I... How can I redo this of the way it should be done now? And I came up with a format that AMC liked a lot. And they said, John, we're going to let you do that, but we want you to do some test shows. So I hired John Ridley to be the host. He had not yet won the Academy Award, but he was the perfect host because he was a writer, a producer, a director. He really knew the business. He'd been a stand-up comedian, so he was great on camera. And we ran a bunch of test shows with four different critics surrounding him. And they would take apart four movies that had come across their mm. plate that week. One of the people that I found for these test auditions was a young woman named Kim Morgan. Does that name mean anything to either one of you? No. No. Okay. Well, Kim Morgan, without a doubt, was one of the coolest people I ever met. She, she shows up my, at my house in a 1980s Z28 with a back end <laughs> jacked up, slicked tires on it. Her car is just full of cassettes and DVDs and tapes and scripts. And she gets out, and we have like a four-hour meeting. That's... And she's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. And I found out she was a really well-known film critic in Seattle. Cool as hell. Long story short, we, we tried her out for the show. AMC was a little afraid of her. I don't know why. 
Roger Ebert discovers her, and he use, uses her for his sneak previews replacement show on WTTW. Wow. Yeah, and Tim Morgan has has a has a website called Tim Morgan's Sunset Gun. How cool is that for a title of a Amazing. website, right? Yeah. And anyway, so so Kim Morgan, by the time I met Kim Morgan, other people were finding her too. Other people like Quentin Tarantino. And Kim becomes like the darling of the LA hip community. I felt so bad when I said, Yeah, AMC didn't think you were right for this. They were so wrong. She wow. was so perfect for it, right? Wow. So but she stayed friendly with me. I think I might have forced her to look at some of my films that day. Uh-huh. And I showed her a couple of films that Jim Belushi and I had made that I thought were pretty wigged, pretty out there. Because Kim's pretty wigged and pretty out there. These were films Wait that Tom Weinberg had shown on Wasn't that one on, on Image Union first? Yeah, you, yeah, they were on Image Union first. The, the Cleansing and Sugar or Plain. Right. And these films had both... That was like 1978 or 9, right? Wow. Yes. And one of them ended up on Saturday Night Live. One of them ended up winning something at the Toronto Film Fest. I mean, they had gotten me a lot of attention, and Kim loved them. And she said, John, you should do more with these. Well, what can you do with shorts? You know, not much. Right. So flash forward 10 years later, I get a call from Kim Morgan. By this time, I've seen her on the Oscar telecast sitting next to Guillermo del Toro. Right. And and then the next day I read in the paper, she's married to Guillermo del Toro. She's like moved way up the ladder in Hollywood, and she's writing films with Guillermo del Toro. And she calls me and says, "Hey, John, I don't know if you remember me." I'm like, "Tim, believe me, <laughs> you're unforgettable." Yeah, yeah. And and she said, "You know those weird movies you showed me a while ago?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She said, "Well, I'm curating Quentin's theater, the New Beverly Cinema in Los Angeles, and I know he would like those in his collection." Because what he does is he has a night of cinema every night where he shows a cartoon, a weird short, and then one of his wow. favorite weird feature-like films. Wow! And she said we'd like to we'd like to offer you a chance for these to be in his permanent collection, but you have to have film prints. He won't accept DVDs or yeah. electronic. Thank God, back in the day, as Tom said, the seventies and eighties, you had to make a print sure. to enter film festivals. So I had prints of both films. They came to my house. They inspected all my prints. They took the two best. Uh, and so I'm now in Quentin Tarantino's permanent collection with those two films. That's a great of, of course, story, John. That of, is a of great... Of I checked with Jim Belushi, and Belushi said, are you kidding me? Of course. Let's do it. That's a great, great story. we got to take a commercial break. We're going to come back and talk specifically about Wednesday's uh, Wednesday's benefit, a screening of Lincoln is Crying uh, to benefit Media Burn, and we'll talk about Media Burn. I, have Tom, I want Tom to review this movie for me. I want Tom to play movie reviewer. Uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back. Welcome back. We are talking with uh, my friend John Davies in L.A. My other friend, Tom Weinberg, sitting right in this studio on Wednesday at the Film Row Cinema at 11th and South and Wabash, of course, at South Wabash. There's going to be the uh, maybe the first theatrical screening of uh, John's film, Lincoln is Crying, the Grifters, Grafters and Governors of Illinois, narrated by David Pasquese. It is a benefit, a fundraiser for Media Burn, hosted by Tom Weinberg and Sarah Chapman. Mike Flannery, 
the retired political uh, kingpin of uh, local television will be there with Phil Ponce, Delmarie Cobb, Tom, and John, and special guest Tim Kazarinski. Uh, how did Tom? How did this uh, event come to be? Davies. Yeah, <laughs> John, you get credit for everything on this show, don't you? Yeah, I well, tell. <laughs> well, I mean, but you, <laughs> no. you obviously. I mean, I am. I am uh, certifiably one of the biggest fans of Media Burn. Media Burn is an archive of uh, uh, a repository of video shot over the decades, and it it is, to my mind, one of the. Uh, it's a treasure is what it is tom thank you it's a it's it becomes more of a resource and and a valuable in whatever ways every year and it's been, we've been doing it 20 years now wow how many videos are part of media burn uh there probably are almost ten thousand online oh wow at this point wow and John, I'm sure you. I mean, and they're all they're all documentary nonfiction. Sure, John's talking about. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, going to L.A. for entertainment. I never wanted to make an entertainment show. Yeah, you know, I started like you. I started at the newspaper. Right. I'm a journalist. But also, you. you I, I think it's interesting that you even you inspired you inspired. John Davies. I mean, he had an interest in going out, and I think, I think this whole Lincoln is crying thing, it's not. John, it is inspired by a lot of your early work at TTW and by Tom Weinberg, don't you think? Oh, I know it is, and I'll, I'll tell you, I knew Tom had made political documentaries. Remember, I saw, I saw his documentary about Ross Kinkowski. I saw his documentary about I'm having a brain fart here, guys. The Italian mobster Vito uh, Marzullo. He wasn't a mobster. Vito Marzullo. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw I saw Ask his him. films about those two guys. <laughs> I also like Tom's style. Uh, you know, Tom's whole style of everything had a lot to do with Wild Chicago. And Tom introduced me to filmmakers and people. Like, there's a guy that Tom used to put on all the time named Bill Stamets, who sure. had sure who had. The weirdest sense, he would go to like a press conference and he'd go, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be shooting the candidate, but I'm going to shoot the weirdness going on around the candidate. <laughs> and that, that, of course, was classic TV TV, Top Value Television, which Tom had been a part of, which Tom had done that, had worked on these shows like Super Bowl and Four More Years, which were a very different approach to big events. Right. They would cover Thank the surroundings too. of the events, yeah. not so much the event itself. And so... That's a lot of the wild Chicago sensibility, handheld, very loosey-goosey, uh, talking to the janitor, not the candidate. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just, it just, so yes, the Tom Weinberg image, I thought imaging was the coolest place to be, which is why I wanted to have my films on there. Because the stuff that I was making was never going to make it onto regular TTW. That right. was great. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I was like, how am I going to get onto regular TTW? Well, I had to, you know, stop <laughs> They're blonde, and I had to start, you know, sucking up a little more, and I eventually got on to sneak previews. You know, I was lucky, but uh, and I had to climb up through that straighter route there. But as soon as I got out on my own again and could make my own kind of stuff, definitely Tom Weinberg. And, you know, he had a partner, Ken Solars, who sure. would also throw me shoot days. And these two guys basically 
supported my efforts to, to do my own work, mm. which was really great for me. So I owe Tom Weinberg. And, and also introduced me to other filmmakers that I admired. Like this guy Stamets, if you look at his work and you look at Wild Chicago, it's totally Bill Stamets. Wow, interesting. Well, yeah, I've never really from. never really thought of that. It, Tom, when you see, and you have certainly seen Lincoln is Crying, the grifters, grafters, and governors of Illinois, do you see your own influence in the work of John Davies? Do you? or There's, you're, a, book, there's a few pieces that are in there that are, that are my documentaries. Wow, okay, okay. Right? The, the Vito Marzullo uh, footage, I don't know, it's probably 40, 40 seconds or so, John. Uh, maybe yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a minute or so of Vito. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, I think there's one. I think there's one other thing too, but it's more just the overall. Uh, you know, no, I'm just. I understand what people. Rick's question is. What did, what did, what did I think the influence was? Yeah, I mean, yeah. do you and see? I, do you see your influence uh, as as humble as you can be? But do you see your influence in Lincoln is crying? I think you must. I've seen it. Yeah, there's certain things I absolutely see. Some of it has to do with the editing. Uh-huh. And the sensibility of using archive, which they did a very good job with lots of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's, there's a few pieces, the uh, Otto Kerner piece, the uh, uh, Dan Walker piece, which nobody, I have never seen in 30, 40 years. Wow. So they, they, they scored it. They got it, and they put it in context. So I think that part of it, the... Uh, archival in integrating the old stuff with the with with older stuff <laughs> yeah no i think you know, i think you're right how do you, how else would you tell john davies how else would you tell this story i mean it's not there are certainly contemporary uh grifters and grafters and uh if not governor i don't think jb's and uh is one of those uh, crooks at all but you you have to necessarily dip into the archives for a movie like this, don't you? Well, when you're looking to do a project like this, you you know I, I look at this with all documentaries. Who are the main characters? Yeah, right. And when you start looking for characters, you you have to look at history and you go, oh my god, I got to get this guy who was mayor back in the 30s. He was an out and out crook. <laughs> oh my god, I got to get this guy from the 40s. He was an out and out shyster. Oh Jesus, I got to get you know see. You end up looking for characters to populate your film. Yeah, I, I still look at it as like a drama in a way. I'm casting people, and you can't help but have to reach back into time, which means you've got to go archival. But one of the things I've never had the guts to do is to do a film that predates, to do a documentary that predates film and video. I just don't have the guts or the skill set to do something without being able to find uh, archival footage, huh. which is why Tom's company will become more and more, I think, in demand over the years because he's got this archive of stuff that nobody else has. Yeah, I, and it's, it's really going to be it's really going to be important. And I think he'll. I'm so glad he's getting it all digitized and saved because, uh, you know, where, where else do you go for the history? You're going to go to him. Well, don't you find, too, John Davies, don't you find, too, whenever I go to mediaburn.org, whether I'm looking for, and I generally go there when I'm looking for something specific, I wind up staying in there for, for hours and hours that just, it's, it, one thing leads to another and leads to another, and I, when I am able to pull myself out of it, I I feel 
frankly, smarter and better informed than I did when I started. Do you feel that way, John? Well, yeah. You also realize of all these this dedicated generation that came, you know, a little bit before me that was so smart about yeah. laying all this stuff down on video, keeping this stuff. Uh, it, you know, Tom's group it was TV, a different TV, which era, was people though. to use back. What's yeah. that? Go ahead, Tom. What? No, I was era, just saying yeah, but... it, it, it was it was easier to do it a certain way because it was a different era because it was fresher. We had the opportunity, we had the advantage of having the first portable video, so that and, and that isn't even the Stamets thing. It was by and large, it was a Super Eight, which is a different format really yeah. than video that started in, in the early seventies, late sixties. So. The advantage we had was it, we didn't have to stage anything. We didn't have to prove that, that this is really happening. People didn't know how to be, that there was a television behavior. Oh, what do you think about it? They, they just talked. They just were themselves. Yeah. You know? And yeah. That, that went away after, I can't give you a date, but it went away after a certain point because everybody knew that, how TV affected people and what the TV can. Well, you know, Tom, Tom, you're right. People did not have media coaches like they all have now. Right. Well, like you, the, that's the, proven the, in the, the uh, in, in the one piece with the uh, which one is it? The, the governor piece that you did. It was, it was embarrassing. The uh, uh, not Kerner, but it was who was it, John? The, the, the governor, oh, 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 Otto Kerner, the, the the movie that he made with that kid. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, you can see him. Re- you can see him reading the script. Yes. and he's so wooden and stiff. And yep. you know, then you realize, then you realize how much Ronald Reagan came to the party with well, a to- totally well developed TV persona. Wow, interesting, interesting. Do you? Do, what do you I mean, do you just have a minute? Sorry, sure. can I just tell you one quick thing that happened when I was still on the crew at TTW? I was on the lighting crew, and I was terrible at it, of course. But they let me be the co-lighting director of the Republican League of Women Voters debate back somewhere in the 70s. And it was the year that Reagan, Bush, and Crane, and I don't know, those guys were all vying for the presidential thing. And I had lit all their seats in a downtown Chicago hotel. I'm not even sure where it was, maybe the Drake. And uh, an audio man that worked with us had gone out and he had slightly moved all the seats as he put his audio snake through. And he had pushed the seats, some of them, back. And the, uh, when the candidates filed out, Reagan looked up and noticed he was no longer in his key light. And he moved his seat back. I'm in the truck yelling at the director who's telling me to shut up because we're <laughs> going to be going live in, like, two minutes. And I'm going, he's moving the seats. The audio man's moving the seats. And they wouldn't listen to me. So they come up on it. Now, here's Reagan, perfectly lit angled to his right, best side, and I'm like, oh, my God, that guy's going to win. Wow. Because he knew, he's the only one familiar with the studio, he knew where his key light was. Well, one of the things... Tom knows which audio guy I'm talking about, I think. His first name starts with an L. Uh, we got to yeah. take one last short commercial break. Come back, and I'll, we'll say goodbye to you guys, and we'll tell people how to go see Lincoln is Crying. So you two, hang on. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back. We have a few more minutes uh, to try to convince you all out there 
to spend your Wednesday night at the Columbia College Film Row Cinema, which is 1104 South Wabash on the 8th floor. It's a nice place. I have even been there. It is to have a few drinks at 6 o'clock and then see at 7 the film Lincoln is Crying, The Grifters, Grafters, and Governors of Illinois. It, it's produced by John Davies, who, if you've been listening here, that would just listening to John talk would be enough to make you go see his movie. Uh, <laughs> Brian Cayley's and uh, Dave Truitt. It's uh, narrated by David Pesquese. It is to benefit Media Burn, which is founded by Tom Weinberg and run by Sarah Chapman. There will also, after the movie, be a a. a Conversation moderated by Mike Flannery, uh, featuring Phil Ponce, Delmarie Cobb, Tom Weinberg, John Davies, and special guest Tim Kazarinski, one of the most corrupt politicians in the history of <laughs> Illinois. Uh, Tim, as you may know, is an actor and uh, and uh, a politically savvy guy, and certainly. Uh, <clears throat> who put together this panel, John? Was it you or was it Tom? It was Flannery. Uh, it, it, you know, he knew he was going to have to include me and Tom, but I said, you can cast the other speaker. And he, he did it. And uh, and then Kazarinski is really more of an audience member. He is going to uh, re... Uh, what's the expression? He's going he's to recall what he did in the movie, which uh, he, he played the role of an Illinois booster. So he'll be there, because this is depressing material, how corrupt the state is. So yeah. Tim will be there in the audience as an Illinois cheerleader for us. And he has just been such a big support to everything I've ever done. I mean, he—I met him when I got when I got the film I made for Tom Sugar Plains. When I got that onto SNL, that's when I really started hanging out with Tim. And you know, he got me an interview to be the short filmmaker on that series. I didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, I would have been replaced with people like Albert Brooks and Tom Schiller of Schiller's Real. So I, I was up for the interview. I had my interview with Dick Eversall. Didn't get the job. Wow. But Tim have remained close ever since then. And he's he's been a part of almost every film I've made. I've tried to find a role for Tim Kazarinski, who I think is just, you know, bloody brilliant. He's yeah, I do, too. I do, too. You know, t- talk to Tim. Tim, last time he and I talked, he was starting to write or draw editorial cartoons. He wanted to become an editorial cartoonist, and I think I got one of his cartoons into the Tribune some time ago. Uh, this this just does sound like a like a fabulous evening. Tom, you're excited about this, aren't you? It's going to be... Yeah, I'm looking forward to who shows up, to tell you the truth, because it could be anybody. True. Um, and the more kind of questions and... and the breadth of understanding that we can get from, you know, the, the corruption that, that that everybody knows is there. Everybody should have a chance to talk about it. You know, there's there's so many things that we'll be we'll be able to talk about not in the four minutes we got here, but sure about what they uncovered and what they didn't uncover. Uh, John, we can, we haven't really had a good discussion about that. Yeah, but, yeah. But no, I, I, I think there's some wonderful things and there's also some questions. Yeah. And I'm happy to have that opportunity to be on a panel to discuss it. That's great. You know, John, you, you are moving, I think you're moving back to Chicago if you haven't already, are you? You've always kept yeah, a place here. I have a condo in Uptown. Yeah. I have a condo in Uptown, and my wife and I, many, many, many years ago in 1991, we bought 
the chauffeur's cottage of an estate that burned down in Santa Barbara. Oh, wow. And we bought it for a song back in 1991. We're so glad we hung on to it. But you're going to be spending more and more time in Chicago, aren't you? I mean, you're not retired. Oh, yeah. I I live half the year in Chicago and half the year in Santa Barbara. You can imagine what months I'm in Santa Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised you're coming in this Wednesday, Uh, frankly. I just just wanted to say one thing. I'm not sure how much time we have left, but when I tell people how to get to this, I just tell them, Google, Lincoln is crying Eventbrite, and it shows you. And, you know, we're not charging a fortune for this. Oh, it's like 20 bucks or something. I know. Even students could afford them, but... It's going to be a fun event, not just the movie. The movie is a comedy, to be honest with you. Right. I always try and make things so there's some entertainment value. It's not as depressing as it sounds. It's, it's a fun film to watch, and David Sesquazy as the narrator is great. And then I think the Mike Flannery supervised show oh, that, afterwards will be good, too. No, that's a great call. That's a great call for uh, for someone to moderate it, because there are few people in this town who know... Uh, the political scene more intimately than Mike Flannery, even though he is recently retired. Yes, Tom? A good friend of yours and a good friend of mine said something about Chicago politics and Chicago political corruption. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Stud Circle said Chicago's not the most corrupt City, it's the most theatrically (laughs) corrupt. corrupt. John Davies, I've admired your work forever, you know that. And those of you out there uh, can read about uh, Tom and John and this film in Tuesday's Tribune. See, it's like the bonus radio show. Uh, So, John, uh, safe travels coming in. And uh, knock them dead here, and uh, keep me posted on your many adventures, will you please? Because I know you have a number, I think, that Bill Zamey, Johnny Carson project off off the uh, off the ground would be. Not not quite done with that yet, I hope. Pardon me. No, I don't think we're not should. quite done with that yet. I hope. Nope. We'll same here. Same here, John. Take Thank care you, of yourself, and thanks. This. Thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot for doing it. It's... Thanks what? For Thank doing you. this, for having us. You're saying this? this? Ah, what do you care? You know, you, you can come on anytime you well, want, you guys. You know. Well, but it's you know it <laughs> it and read the paper Tuesday. It'll be uh, it'll be in tuesday's paper uh i just want to say i think i'm on next week uh with a full show and i want to thank the team the team is still here which means that no one's gotten booted or uh brett jackson's been engineering krista flores has been watching uh brett jackson engineer jack heinrich's been here uh, producing the show and uh you got two minutes left, right? Well, you can live with that, can't you, Brett? Or, wait a minute, if you people want... Let's see if this... Can we play this uh, Dustin Hoffman little clip here? Here is Dustin Hoffman, ladies and gentlemen, to end with a bang, describing uh, a story that Shecky Green Hi. told him. Uh, that would drink a lot and and was very very strong. He could up, up, up and uh, a roulette table, is it? And, uh, and he uh, he and Sinatra didn't like each other. Apparently, this is the story I heard. And Shecky Green uh, uh, made uh, it part of his act, and he uh, 
he would he I saw him do it there. He got up and he says, I don't want anybody saying anything. You know this story? Because I don't want no I don't want anybody saying anything about Frank Sinatra because uh, I was doing a show in uh, in Miami, it was the last show, whatever, one in the morning, and I'm coming down the stairs and four guys jump me and throw me to the ground and started stomping me. And after ten minutes Frank Sinatra said, uh, okay fellas, that's enough. <laughs> Frank Sinatra saved my life. <laughs> Bob Surratt. This is an email from Tim. Hello, Mr. Surratt. I just took a look at your pizza party staff photos at WGNRadio.com. Steve Grzanich looks like an entirely new person. Way to go, Steve. I think I'm probably down a whole person. You are svelte these days. Yeah, you look great, Steve. Thank you. The Bob Surratt Morning Show. You hit the steps, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I had like 3,200,000 steps last year. That's insane. Weekdays, 6 a.m. to 10 on WGN Radio and WGNRadio.com. They say my midday show is the best midday show on WGN Radio. John Williams here after Bob Surratt in the mornings and then 